Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 506 of the JV Club with my fantastic guest, Christine Weatherup. Christine and I uh, worked together on a film of hers called See You Next Christmas. I really sounded like a cartoon character when I said of hers. So I want you to uh, challenge yourself to think about what kind of animal or creature that sounded like because surely it did not sound like a human being. At any rate, I know you'll enjoy this episode. It was a ton of fun to record. I'm also getting very, very excited indeed about Max drive so we'll be talking more about that in coming weeks and if you're listening to this the week it comes out i am on the high seas on the joko cruise at the moment doing braving the elements and improv and workshops and all kinds of wonderful fun stuff with the dear dear people such a wonderful time i will be there with some fellow max fun podcasters and maybe i'll even see some of you there in the meantime enjoy the episode and i'll talk to you next week I know it's happening. We're doing it. This is what it's. This is what it's like. Is it everything you hoped and dreamed? Oh my gosh! Even more. It's already super superseding. That can't be right. Superseding your expectations. I mean, I know it's technically right, but that can't be what I meant. I think it sounded very smart, so I'm gonna go with it. Right. Great. Yeah. Great. 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 How is your little one? Good. She is almost 16 months, which yeah. it's weird. You call someone by months, you know, and I think we stopped doing that soon. I know. I think we should continue to do that. Yeah. I don't ages. know how many months I am, but maybe that's maybe that is maybe that does start to feel more depressing. Right. Maybe as you're like, higher, I'm 400 yeah. months or whatever <laughs> like, would be horrible. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. Now I feel better about using the ages that we use. And that's yeah. maybe that turned out being helpful in the, in the very short run. I had a first grade teacher whose mom was born on leap year. And I remember oh, yeah. in first grade, my teacher was like, my mom is 16 years old. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that is a primary plot point of the Pirates of Penzance, if memory serves. That's right. You are right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I said if memory serves. I used to watch that movie all the time with my dad and without my dad. And it's not, memory will always serve. There's no way I'm ever going to forget. It's one of my grandfather's <laughs> favorite. Like that was one he had us listen to all the time. He had a yeah. record of it. And yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Did he have the um, the thing that I think sold it to my dad? Because my dad's not like a big musical guy. So I'm sure he saw the film version first, which starred Kevin Klein and ah. Angela Lansbury and Linda Ronstadt. And that's what we watched. And what a it's, trio. <laughs> it's very funny. It's very, very funny. And so, yeah, so that's that's like a, a near and dear. But for me, it's one of those things where and I don't know if you're how big of a fan you are of musicals, but I unfortunately I know a lot about certain musicals, which then makes people assume I must be a person who's into musicals sure. and that I can reference all these other ones. And I'm like, I, I'm so sorry. Like I have a very small window of musicals. I feel the same way because I feel like, well, and even Pirates of Penzance is more operetta, you know, that, that's yeah. a different thing that I... Well, yeah. my grandfather loved it. I myself do not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas like Thoroughly Modern Millie was one of the movies that like the Julie Andrews, Mary Tyler Moore mm -hmm. 
very politically incorrect now if you rewatch it. But I watched that just on repeat. That uh-huh. and Bye Bye Birdie and Sound of Music yeah, Bye were Bye my Birdie, childhood. Sound of Music for sure. Yeah. I've never seen Thoroughly Modern Millie, I don't think. It's too bad that that one doesn't hold up because you want it to. You want it to be like, and just as it promised, it was ahead <laughs> of its time. It was thoroughly modern. You know, it holds up in a certain sense. Like, it's well made. The performances are great. And then... When you pay attention to the plot points and what, yeah, there's a lot of problems. Okay. All right. What's the, give me, give me a nutshell version of the plot of Thoroughly Modern oh. Millie. You know, it's funny because, well, and I even, I, I had trolls like a lot of children did. And I remember being homesick one day and drawing outfits for my trolls that were based on the costumes of Thoroughly oh. Modern Millie. <laughs> remember when trolls weren't internet people, mean oh, boys? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. They had a better meaning back then. That troll hair. I never had any trolls and I loved going to friends. I'm not sure why. I don't feel like there was a ban on trolls in my house, but I never had trolls, but I love going to my friends' houses and playing with her with a troll hair and how you like go like this and then they. That's push. how it was for American Girl dolls for me. I never yeah. had American Girl dolls, but I loved them and I don't know why it. Yeah, it was a whole. But anyway, Thoroughly Modern Millie <laughs> is about so Julie Andrews moves to I want to say San Francisco, but it might be New York. Big city. She yeah. moves to a big city and Modern she's big city. She, yeah, she's she's like gonna go for it in her, you know, she wants to be a career girl. But mm-hmm. of course, she also like is gonna fall in love with her boss because that's like the path to life, right? I understand. I understand. And so she moves into a boarding house just for women because that's like a safe place to live. But the boarding house is owned by this woman who's very strange and you find out she has a deal where they're selling white women into slavery. You can what? see what I'm saying about not holding up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I thought you were going to say, but it did not involve that. Yes. You know, huh. as one does. And there's like a, a laundromat huh. scheme. So it seems like like there's a this is why now the more I say it, I really feel bad. <laughs> it's like a, the Chinese laundromat and it's yeah. her, you know, henchmen who like are taking out the laundry, but they're taking uh-huh. out the girls they drugged. But she befriends oh, Mary God. Tyler Moore, so who, se- <laughs> who seems like a homely, you know, person, but secretly is a daughter of a millionaire and is uh-huh. doing this to like live a normal life. And they become friends. Okay. They maybe uncover the scam and actually... Millie doesn't marry her boss and actually is a, a, you know, self-realized woman and falls in love with Mary Tyler Moore's brother, who is the son of a millionaire. But we don't know. She falls in love with him because she's he's wonderful. Yeah, it's truly love. And she gets rich. So and Carol Channing, she's like the the millionaire mom that you don't realize is the mom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've really sold you on it. (laughs) Hang on. I just got to back up for a second. All of that I can sort of fit into one thing. <laughs> Where does the selling the women, uh, how does that factor in to it? You is know, it? Are any of those people Carol Channing or No, Mary she's Tyler not involved. Okay. And they try to get Mary Tyler Moore. They actually, now it's coming back to me. And it's funny because that whole subplot, as a kid, I didn't spark to. I didn't understand yeah. what was going yeah. on. I'm just like, this is weird. Moving on. And so I was like, I like the costumes. There's yeah. fun yeah. songs. There's this rich, crazy lady who flies in a plane. Uh-huh. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of fun stuff. But they never want Julie Andrews because she's like the homely one. So like uh-huh. she stays in the boarding house living there because they never are going to sell her into white slavery. Whereas Mary Tyler Moore is so attractive that they're going to sell her. <laughs> uh, and then what do you do as a white slave? 
You know, that's unclear. I don't think that would make it into the musical. <laughs> that is wild. I wish I could say that you've talked me out of watching it. Maybe I you should watch it. watch it. I might you know, have to watch it. I might have to watch it. I've tried to make Matt watch it because it was such a part of my childhood. And so I was like, you got to watch it. And like five minutes in, I was like, oh, no. Like, I yeah. totally didn't remember the whole subplot. Yeah. And like Mrs. Mears, who runs the boarding house, who's selling these women, uh-huh. is definitely a white actress playing like a Chinese. Like, oh, there's, it uh, wouldn't yeah. happen today. Even though yeah. in some ways it's progressive. Like, Millie doesn't need the boss, right. even though she thinks she does, you know. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I th- th- yeah, some things aren't just one or the other. And that's where it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm all. But, but I don't know. I'm still in the mode of like what can be learned. Yeah. From that. Like I'm interested in it from the perspective of like what can be learned about what was going on then. And as an artist, I think it is important to look at, you know, if, wait. Well, and, and to recognize the problems. I think you can recognize the problems, but see, like, why did people like this? What was it trying to say? What is wrong right. about it in today's audience, in today's modern context? Yeah, I think I don't know. I I went to film school. So like I like watching anything, even if it's problematic. But then I am embarrassed to tell people I like things that are problematic. Well, for sure. I mean, that's sure not a great climate to sure to be in a gray zone. There's no it's not a great climate to be in a gray area. Yeah, I guess this is a good time. And I will have said this already in the intro, but uh, this is as good a time as any to say that uh, we know each other most recently from me having done a role in your film. Yes. But we also had a bunch of people in common prior to that. Let's just I, let me just put it into context. Wh- where did you grow up? What city were you living in as a teenager? I grew up in Northridge, California, part of the San Fernando Valley, mm-hmm. which saying Northridge, California makes it sound more exciting than being like, I grew up in a suburb of L.A. <laughs> I'm from the valley. For many of us, you hear Northridge and all you think is earthquake. So, well, I was there. I was a mile yeah. from the epicenter. Lucky. Oh, so lucky. I mean, better to be a mile than at the epicenter, I suppose. I'll tell you what. I'm already heartened by the fact that that happened and you were a mile away and you still live in L.A. That actually is very yeah. comforting to me. So, continue. yeah, that's good. Then should I continue <laughs> about what a hellscape it was? Yes. You know, I'll take it. It really is a formative part of my childhood. My school was closed for a week because the buildings were, you know, in bad yeah. shape and we couldn't be in them for the rest of the school year. We were in like temporary buildings. Sure. But, you know, it, so it happened I want to say like six in the morning. It was something very early in the morning. And I think it was President's Day. It was a holiday weekend. Mm -hmm. So it was a three day weekend. And I remember having a dream that I was on a roller coaster. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a great roller coaster. Really crazy. Oh, why? Why would you have to wake up from that? Right. (laughs) And then when I woke up, positive spin. I had a closet like I didn't have a built in closet in my room. It was like a a, not an armoire because that makes it sound like fancy. It was not Mm -hmm. fancy. Anyway, this like cheapo closet that was in my room. The door flew off and flew across my room. Didn't hit me, but like, Oh, my God. And meanwhile, my dog, we had a golden retriever who was barking, 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 and then silent. And like the, the layout of my house, there's there was a hallway and I had my room. My sister's room was next to us. And then down the hallway was my parents. And my parent, I mean, they, they are big book people, like avid yeah. readers. Read, and so like the hallway was lined with bookshelves and the bookshelves all fell. 
So my parents couldn't get out of their room to check oh on us. God. So my mom it's is like textbook. Well, I'm not yeah. saying textbook. That's too soon. But textbook <laughs> like, oh, shit, this can happen. Yeah. I mean, it, and people weren't talking about earthquake preparedness like they are now. Like not at you all. You know what I mean? You wouldn't even think twice about that. Well, and even my mom was a Southern California native. She had lived yeah. in earthquakes and hadn't thought about, you know, like bolt the bookshelves to the wall or anything. Right. But so my mom was telling us like, girls, stay in your room, stay in your room. And like there are aftershocks too happening. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, I was in fifth grade at the time and I remember wondering what what happened to my dog because my dog was usually had slept in the living room, which was closest to my room. And so I snuck out and checked on our dog. And what had happened was he dove under, we we had a TV and then like a little table with all of our VHS tapes. Hot stuff, yes. <laughs> so cool. Thoroughly Modern Millie was certainly one of the VHS tapes. Bless. Anyway, and the, our dog had gone under the table and like got knocked out by the VHS tapes. It was okay, but sort oh. of was unconscious. And so like poor Sonny oh, was, was Sonny. like, in, yes, Sonny weather up. <laughs> Sunny, <laughs> it's so horrible. Up. But yeah, Sunny was just covered in you know. I suppose in some ways, my dream VHS tape surrounding you. <laughs> but but was okay. Just she a was killed nip. by what she loved most. <laughs> no, not killed, not killed. And I, no, I, I know like, that would be you. That would be your way of going uh, out. Yes, luckily I, I could go Sunny out was that only way. Out. Yes. Luckily, Sunny was only knocked out. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, and so, so wait, that, so you snuck out there and discovered this, and yes. then you couldn't do anything i mean you're you know like, sunny came too when i oh, i mean my presence was sunny. just <laughs> and so oh. i you know dug at the vhs tapes and i don't know it's funny like you know how memories work and you don't like i know this chapter of it and then i'm like yeah. what happened after that did i bring sure. sunny to my room did i yeah. like my parents were still trapped essentially in their room and I, th- I know I wasn't supposed to get Sunny. So yes. like if I brought Sunny back, that might have outed me at the right. time. Yeah. So I don't know. Then flash forward, Sunny's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you should ask your parents. Also, I feel like I listen to enough true crime mm. podcasts in particular about people giving testimony as witnesses that I am now have zero like faith in any of my memories. None. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're even the last season of Serial where they had like spoiler, but like and I won't go too deep into it. But the whole idea is like you just keep hearing people say, no, that's not how it happened. I understand that you have a record right. and recording of what happened. But I'm telling you, I know this memory and which is so crazy because it just affects you. The memory that you've chosen yes. or chose you yeah, is now it shapes you it continues 100%. to shape who you are every time you call it back and then now they're you know the last few years it feels like the sort of thing that we've come to understand that gets bandied about both in like you know academic circles and also just socially at parties is like you know when you remember a memory you're only remembering the last time you remembered it you're not really remembering the origin oh i haven't heard that yeah oh so then it's like so you've probably like It's like a game of telephone with your brain. Like, oh, last time you might have added a flourish that you didn't know that you added. And like now that's cemented in as like, well, I remember it. So obviously it happened. So we should add really fun details each time (laughs) we tell this story. Find a new. (laughs) Remember Sonny had just made you some pancakes. He was a great cook. You've seen Ratatouille, (laughs) right? (laughs) Okay, And so do you feel like 
like, what was your relationship to the concept of earthquakes after that happened? Did you become very fearful of them? Did you feel instead like, well, I've, I've done this. We got through it. Like, if it happens again. I think both. So yeah. I think in some way I'm like, you can't prepare, you know, like you can do everything. You can have your water saved and all this. Right. And then like a bookshelf falls on the water and it like you can't yeah. reach it. And so what yeah. good does it do? <laughs> Which maybe that sounds very nihilistic and bad. But I mean, like to me, a tornado is way scarier, or a hurricane because yeah. you know it's coming. Whereas an earthquake, yeah. you have no prep. And so in a sense, why worry about it? It might happen. Yeah. And the aftershocks are actually what was scarier because you had a sense. So like anytime, you know, if somebody's walking and there's like a creak in the floor, yes. it's like, wait, it's starting again, but it was yes. just a creak. And so like I, in our old apartment, which you were at because we filmed there. Yes. <laughs> anytime our upstairs neighbors walked above us, I was always like ready to duck under the table. So yeah. like, it's still with me a it bit. Stays, yeah. It stays with you. Yeah. And so were you continued to live in Northridge as a teenager? Oh, yeah. It wasn't like your, because yeah. I'm sure, did you have people in your life who were like, we are leaving? My cousins, actually, they moved to Northern California after that. Okay. Um, also a great choice. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's not really escaping the earthquakes, but somehow felt like. <laughs> I get it. I yeah. get it. And yet we must all laugh at it. Right. Probably they did too. But then I think it's also like, you could be like, oh, I'll leave. And then you go to, you know, Florida and there's a hurricane. Like. Or you leave and you move to Omaha, but then you just get hit by a bus. Right. That's true. It you could know? happen anywhere. Like, uh. Yeah. Well, my dad used to always say, like, it's not going to happen again here. Because my mom, uh, I think, was a little, <laughs> I yeah. was going to say, shaken by it. Um, pun intended. Uh, it's, it's really hard, <laughs> it's really not, hard to, not to. <laughs> your brain automatically starts going to those things. Yeah. But yeah, he was like, it's not going to happen in the same spot again. So we're safest staying here, which is, I mean, fault lines do yeah. recur so it's not the most solid logic but it sounds really good yes it does yes it yeah. does what are the chances yeah no i definitely could see how that would be employed <laughs> and so what was the high school like that you went to in northridge california well so my my high school was not in northridge california i oh, okay. went to an all-girls school in la so okay. not a religious one but an all-girls school that was great i loved it it's it's interesting because my sister's three years older than me and I remember when I was in elementary school and she went to this all-girls school, I was like, can you believe an all-girls school? Who would do that? That uh -huh. must be horrible. <laughs> and then somehow when I got closer, we applied and I got in and I was like, well, I guess I'm going. And I never thought twice about it. Like the, yeah. the thing for me that was great is I never, this makes, this maybe sounds crazy, but I never realized boys weren't there until mm. I was around boys. And then I was like, mm. oh, oh, this is way better when I'm surrounded by women and we like actually are, are asking intelligent questions in class and focus. Yeah. But like the second, you know, because I did speech and debate in high school as well. I'm, I'm very cool, Janet. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Please tell me you play the tuba. That's the only uh, way we're going to cap this off. No, no. you no. weren't in band? I wasn't. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that cool. I was Thank only you. so cool. Just speech and debate. Thank you. Speech and debate. Great. But I do think of that as cool because really? I think of that as, yeah, because I think of that as having a level of comfort with conflict that I a thousand percent did not have. Like, See, there's speech and debate and I oh. did more speech. Oh, <laughs> so the conflict okay. still is, is hard for me as a Got person. It. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So is that more, were you also doing theater or was speech kind of the, an outlet for that or both? I, well, all of the above. So I did, I did the speech categories. So I did, they have like dramatic interpretation and things like that. And so I did those, I did some theater in high school and then 
as a product of growing up in Los Angeles, I begged my parents to let me audition for things. And they said no for a very long time, but there was an open casting call at my school and they finally relented and they were like, okay, go to the audition. And I got a call back. It didn't go any further than that, but they were like, okay, you can take classes. Okay. We please tell me what the callback was for. I took, uh, you know, it was an untitled Touchstone Pictures movie that I don't know if it ever got made. Gotcha. But I do remember going to that callback and we were walking up. My mom and I, we were like, we've never done anything like that. Nobody in my family's in the industry. And, and I was like, are we in the right place? I have no idea. And my mom was like, look around. Everyone looks like you. And it was like, they all had the same haircut. I had my bangs and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we're in the right place. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Oh, I hope they've got the bread bowl. Have you seen the bread bowl at this place? Mm-hmm. Good evening. Welcome to Maximum Fun. Have you been here before? It's her first time. Very good. Might I recommend our special? Oh, please. Can I interest you in the Max Fun Drive? I'm told they're cooking up something quite extraordinary this year. I've heard about this. With limited time thank you gifts for new and upgrading members? That's right. <laughs> we'll take it. How would you like your episodes? Uh, can I get them excellent with new Boko on the side? Mm-hmm. Oh, are there live stream events? Absolutely. You know, if you're interested in events, Meetup Day is returning. What? Oh, you're gonna love Meetup Day. It's the best. Okay, let me make sure I have everything. Max Fun Drive 2023 with limited time thank you gifts, live stream events, meetup day, excellent episodes, and of course, new bonus content. Sounds perfect. Great. We'll get it started and it'll be ready in two weeks, March 20th. Oh, can we also get a couple of waters? Of course. Okay, so I interrupted you. Sorry. So no, yeah, no. They let you take classes because the callback sort of showed maybe some sort they of. They were like, okay, yeah. And I and I had really begged and like they were like, classes are a nice sort of interim. We'll give you mm-hmm. that. And then after you're in classes and you're like, well, this person has an agent. Then they're like, maybe we'll submit your picture to a few places. And then, yeah. so I slowly, I dipped my foot in acting as a teenager as much as my parents allowed. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, do you feel like that was a good choice on their part or it's sort of yeah. benign either way? Like it didn't hurt or help? You know, I think there are pros and cons to it. The pros, I mean, if they hadn't let me, I think I would have been miserable because I so desperately wanted to. And like, I think by nature being so close to the industry, it was like, I could, I was like peeking over the, you know, the the fence, like, Oh, please let me in. So in that way, in some ways, I don't know what else they could have done, Uh (laughs) (laughs) but you know, the industry is an unkind place sometimes for adults and for children and like, especially the image based nature of it. And so, you know, they're, were things that were said about me that either got back to me or even just walking into those audition rooms and looking around and being like, oh, they're all so skinny and I'm not, you know, mm. like, and whether people said it or, or I yeah. just thought it. And and yeah. to my parents' credit, you know, my mom was so supportive and she never wanted me to, you know, worry about my weight. And so even though like, you know, I had agents say like, well, maybe you'd do better if you'd lost a few pounds and things like that, that you shouldn't say to a child. And my mom was like, no, like you're not going to change anything. Yeah. So, you know, I felt sad about it at the time, 
but also then at the same time, I didn't want to give it up. It was like, but I have to do this. I really want to do this. And like the classes. So I was, you know, in class once or twice a week. And that was the highlight of my, you know, my week. And it was yeah. kind of, it was a funny sort of double life because the people, the the school I went to was very academically minded and like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and I, I fit in, in that group, but I kind of felt like someone, you know, sort of cosplaying in that group. Like I, mm-hmm, I could totally. fit in and I, I could go from group to group, but I didn't have my place. Mm-hmm. And then after hours, I had this like secret group that I would see who were very different, didn't care about school at all. Some of them yeah. were not in school, you know? Yeah. And so it was neat to kind of go between both worlds. And even in that, I didn't necessarily feel a part of that group. I still was kind of like cosplaying in that group, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I think I, you relate that oftentimes as an actor, you, I'm somebody who I think can get along with people really well and get to to know, but also do I ever feel like I belong in one spot? I don't know. I could very, I deeply relate to that. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of creative people do. And I don't know, like for me, I think maybe some of that, and I think it probably got hardwired in really early on. I think some of that was this conflict aversion. It's, mm. I was just remembering the conversation I had last year because we're going into Max Max Fun Drive for Maximum Fun, our our network, yeah, yeah. and you know we sort of do the public radio style, ask for funds because that's an entirely listener run network, which is wonderful and like it's just a wonderful group of people. But I had Hodgman on John Hodgman on last year, and I was remembering how we talked about how conflict averse we were as only children. That it wasn't mm. like he maintains that he was spoiled. I was not spoiled at all, <laughs> but I was very very afraid of conflict and yeah. when friends of mine were upset with me and ignored me at school or I got bullied mm. or anything like that that was like the end of the world to me and so a that's what I think of when I think I mean even though I le- at, like theater somehow didn't feel there was like heartbreak when you didn't get the part you wanted sure. but you were still going to get something and you were still this you, you sort of forgot about that as you went on and like for me personally I'm sure it was different for other people who did feel the heartbreak and continued feeling the heartbreak as they watched someone do their role or whatever sure that's not really my that that relationship was like pretty healthy, healthy for me yeah. but yeah just having like the idea of having people potentially be upset with me might mm. have kept me from like fully like joining a group where oh they're all friends and they all hang out with each other and like sometimes I'm invited but sometimes I'll be overlooked because I'm not always there that sort of thing and I I think that I think that there that does still exist but I think I now live in a city where everyone feels like that or at least a lot of people <laughs> feel like that so yeah. and also as you get older you're not confronted with that all the time like you right. are when you are younger, when you're younger. Well, she said this and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And and like you said, it's like if you're off doing this other thing, there may be stuff going on with this group of people that doesn't involve you. And so there's bonding and there's stuff happening and maybe a FOMO over here. But but then if you only did that and then they would, you know. It was nice to kind of have a secret life. Like it sure. felt safe to you even. I mean, especially in the context of an acting class. You know, maybe you're drawing upon things in your own life or they they ask you, you know, can you think of a substitution or something like this? And you can tell stories that won't get back to anyone in that yes. world, you know, yeah. so it like feels it gets feels very it can, it can get insular and therapy ish in that yeah. way, too, in good ways and bad ways. I feel like that can be manipulated. Sure. Or it can be, you know, the most wonderful place to be safe. A hundred percent. The classes that you were taking was that pretty much. You know, because there's classes in L.A. too where it's like you're you might be with someone 80, you might be with someone 
12. They were all youth oriented. Sometimes they had a bigger spread of age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a time I was the youngest in one of the groups. And I really liked that, you know, Mm -hmm. like I... Because I think oftentimes when I was with my exact peers, that's when I would feel like I didn't quite fit. Like yep, it would I get it. bring it into context of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, everybody else has this in common and I don't. Whereas yes. when I'm with somebody a little older, a little younger, like somehow I yeah. bond differently. I think that's a great observation and I and it makes all kinds of sense. And I, mm. I can totally relate to that as well. What was your dating situation uh, at the all-girls school? Were you dating people over? Was there one? Was there a dating situation? There, there was not a, a dating situation. My senior year, because, I mean, the access to boys, I had, I guess I had access to boys in acting class, but I was way too afraid to like, yeah. ask anybody in that group. Sure. <laughs> but in my school life, I had the speech and debate. And then the plays we had, when you're in an all-girls school, you either do plays that only are women uh-huh. which aren't very many nope. or, or somewhere you have the women play the men's roles which are very sure. fun my sister did 1776 yes. all women yeah. um, but we also sometimes shipped boys in for our plays uh-huh. and so that's how you how you meet people so my senior year there was somebody on the all boys school speech and debate team who uh-huh. uh, I took a liking to but I also was so like clueless of what do you do like even I feel like I would call it dating, but it's <laughs> like, you know, we we got together at a few appointed times. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, for me in that in that moment, it was very racy and exciting, but also, yeah. you know, also scary. And I do remember an acting class once and it, I probably was like a junior in high school and they did this exercise where and this makes it sound awful. And I love the class. So take that for what it is but yeah an exercise where like I was supposed to step away to a room where I couldn't hear anything and then they were coming it, it was like to to work on being surprised and in the moment and then they call you back in and you're supposed to be like an observer and they're talking about you and you're supposed to react I, out of context this sounds very strange but anyway mm-hmm. when I was in the other room that was supposed to be soundproof but was not uh-huh. They were like trying to come up with a scenario to surprise me with. Uh-huh. And somebody was like, oh, well, what about like a boy? Like she's dating somebody. And somebody else in the group was like, oh, she doesn't date. Like nobody's dating. And I heard that in the other room. But they knew you would be able to hear it. No, they thought I wouldn't because like I was supposed oh, okay. to be in the other room and probably like covering my ears. But like, yeah. you know, it travels. Mostly people were also maybe Yeah, I don't doing think that. anyone said it for my, nobody thought yeah. I would hear it. Yeah. And maybe I should have been covering my ears. And uh-huh. I just remembered like that would have been a brilliant moment to observe my reaction. <laughs> but instead, then they call me in and I like don't know what to do because I'm thinking about how they said that. Sure. And like, yes, yes. And I think they picked some really dumb scenario. Like, we'll just talk about her like pet, her dog or whatever. Like, because they, uh-huh. I would know nothing about dating, which was uh-huh. true. They were right. But it was somehow still so awful in that moment. Oh, yeah. And that's hard, too, because speaking of things that shape you, like, does that creep in and does and do you sort of like allow that definition to maintain itself or right you know I feel like I just recently talked to someone who you know was much more like the you know oh I don't date I'm gonna go date five people like the person who reacts the flip of Mm. you know in defiance of which I wish I were that person when I was a kid I absolutely was not I think I would have I would have taken that I would have been like, correct, I don't date. I will I will continue to not date. I'm a loser. Thank you very much. Like as if being a loser and dating and, dating, and sure. not dating are equivocate like that. No. You can not date and never be a loser. 
but yeah, I would have, I think I would have like really taken that to heart. Yeah. Some of those like teen, I went to this Mormon family camp with my, when my grandparents had their like a wedding anniversary that was really important to them. Mm. They managed to get their entire family together, which is very, very hard. Even I mean, it's not like it's nine people like, but it was only they only had four kids. But then those kids had kids. And right. That's a lot. Some of them weren't Mormon by that time. And so that's kind of hard. Was that a challenge to then depending where the. Yeah. 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 And I don't I can't think of a single other time that that happened. Like that one time, speaking of having memories cement because they felt significant. Who knows what I'm actually remembering (laughs) if I'm right or not. But. That was a big deal to have that whole family there. And I was 12, but I was, I I had skipped a grade. So I Mm. was, I thought of myself as 13. Do you know what I mean? I thought of myself as like, well, I'm a teenager because all my friends are 13. And so we had to like aggressively advocate for me to be put in with the teenagers instead of like the 12s and under. Mm. And it turned out very quickly that like being a part of that group meant like, immediately you find out just how naughty those kids want to be. And like, I was immediately supposed to like sneak out of my cabin in the middle of the night and like go play games with with them. The pressure of this, this is giving me anxiety. (laughs) It was really intense. And that's one of those examples of like those, the, the, the social group where I feel like every game we played was peer pressure based. Like it felt like it was designed to be like everyone else in the room is going to do this thing. So you are going to do this thing. Yeah. Like it's such a weird exercise. It almost felt like we were being studied by doctors. Did you ever go to those parties where it was like uh, spin the bottle or seven minutes and having those kinds of parties? Yeah, I was trying to think about that because I feel like. I didn't. I feel like I yeah. watched movies where, where that, that happened. <laughs> but I am hard pressed to think of a time I ever was in a closet with someone in the dark. How about you? I went to, well, I didn't go in the closet. I was invited to one party where I think I people knew. They were like, mm, don't invite her. She's not going to be fun. And they were, they would have been right. I would have just been a ball of anxiety and like come up uh, with a lie to like step outside and escape. Uh, but I, there was one party that I went to and somehow I got out of it. I mean, that's, I think, like I remember them doing spin the bottle and me just like, please don't, don't land on me. Don't land on me. And like somehow somebody else ends up in the closet and all of that. And then I'm like, my mom has to pick me up. And I like come up with an excuse to leave. <laughs> like even I remember when uh, welcome to the dollhouse came out oh, yeah. and, and that was kind of, I mean, now in retrospect, that was an exciting, important movie, but also it was like a little racy for like, I think it must have been, it was R, I think. I'm sure it was R. It must have been R, right? It must have been R. And so I had gone with a group of friends to the mall to go see a movie and they wanted to sneak into Welcome to the Dollhouse because mm-hmm. our parents weren't with us. And my mom would have let me, my mom let me watch anything. She was kind of like, yeah, you know, you'll ask questions if you have questions. But maybe because of that, like I never asked, like I was, I I didn't push the envelope. Although maybe if I pushed the envelope, she wouldn't have been like that. So who knows? But anyway, this group of friends, they wanted to see it. And I was like, just anxious about, I'm going to get caught at the theater. I'm a rule follower. They're going to see that we snuck in. I don't know how I'm going to get it. You know, all of the questions are going through my mind. And they had a screening of Truth About Cats and Dogs playing uh-huh. 10 minutes later. And I think we bought our, our fake tickets for Truth About Cats uh-huh. and Dogs because we could get into that. And then we were going to get a snack at the mall before going in. And I took forever at the place. I took too long. So we'd be uh-huh. late for the movie. And we had to see Truth About Cats and Dogs. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> 
Which, for the record, I really like Truth About Cats and Dogs. I was going to say, that's not a bad... It was a great movie. That's not a bad sub. Yeah, it's not like... They're not so... I mean, there are different... Yeah, my friends weren't disappointed. It wasn't like we were seeing Barney the movie or like something that would be so childish (laughs) or something. (laughs) I mean, that's very interesting, too, because there's the same person who doesn't want to get in trouble at the movie theater, <laughs> you could assume that that same person would also not be devious enough or be willing to try to manipulate an entire group of people enough that they would <laughs> Ooh, like sound try evil to now. sabotage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I'm just saying it's uh, it's interesting that like you still had, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you weren't just going with a flow to the point where it was like, I don't want to get caught, but if I do get caught, I'm going to do whatever they do. Right. But I'm still conflict averse enough that I can't tell my friends I don't want to see it. So I have to like come up with some sort of weird Uh way to get out of seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Do you feel like that is in any way representative of how you deal with conflict in general? Like, do you feel like (sighs) and I'm not saying I'm not saying you're avoiding it. I'm just saying, like, is there something where there is this sort of hopscotch solution or leapfrog solution where you're like, I didn't have to have that confrontation in that moment. Something still got resolved. It's not like I could just avoid dealing with the feeling or dealing with the possibility this might happen, but that you massaged it in a way so that it was like less uncomfortable for everyone. Uh, You know, that made it sound nice toward the end of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, it's it is who I am. I am conflict averse but i also realize the the stress of trying to find ways to get around the conflict i don't know if that's good point. better than the conflict really like, good i think point. I, I instead put myself through the ringer stretching out the conflict worrying about the conflict playing all yeah, the scenarios of what could sense. go wrong and that then maybe sense. i get out of it whereas i probably could save myself a lot of time if i just said hey i don't want to see that movie like that yeah. would have been an easy thing, but instead, uh, yeah. you know, I'm like sweating at, you know, Baskin Robbins or whatever. Like, I better take a long time on this ice cream. <laughs> you can't see this, people who are listening, but Christine <laughs> acted like, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, because it's a very, very subtle thing you just did. It felt like you were holding a tiny tasting spoon. <laughs> And like you, maybe you were tasting a lot of different. Flavors. I think so. Like you were holding a, a tasting to... spoon and you sort of leaned it towards your mouth as you were saying, "I better take a long time." And it spoke to me so. Like there was a whole scene that played out with that tiny, like you were pinching something between two fingers and you tilted your hand towards your mouth. And in my mind, I was like, "Well, that obviously signifies she tasted way too many ice cream." I think so. I think time. it's like you try everyone and the uh, whole thing. That's because yeah. how else? Because ice cream's gonna melt. That's gonna go sure. quick. You, sure, you gotta stretch sure. it out you somewhere. <laughs> You can't like ask for a sample and then need to stop to tie both shoes and take a really long time because ice right. cream's gonna melt. That's gonna create a conflict. It's gonna be weird. Why does she need to tie both shoes in the middle of this? Yeah, much less weird to try every flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I feel like we've we've deconstructed something very key here. So you ended up going to film school. That is a different decision potentially than the person who has lived in the LA area who does like performing. And Mm. who just says, I'm not going to go to school. I'm going to start auditioning right away or I'm going to go to acting school. Right. Tell me more about what led up in high school. And did you go right away? Was it like you graduated senior year and you went to film school? I did graduate senior year and go to film school. But I will say, well, fast forward, not fast forward, rewind before high school. 
ever since I can remember, Jodie Foster was like my idol. Dude, have we ever talked about this? No. Oh, God, I was so obsessed with her. I can't, I feel bad saying it because I feel like it's possible one day I'll get her on the podcast. It's possible. <gasps> it's not necessarily oh. likely, but it's possible. Like, we have a couple I friends hope. in common. You have fr- you can say that sentence. I can you say fr- that sentence. That's very cool. It's. I will say that like I have a very close friend whose very very close friend is very close to Jody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there was like you a- just called her Jody. There was no Foster after that. Well, that was very and cool. that's because when I uh, when a long term relationship I had ended, the first phone call I made was to my friend who is gay and mm. said like, "Hey, what's going on with Jody? Like, I know yeah. she likes younger women. What's happening there?" <laughs> and she was already dating someone. <laughs> Uh, ships in the night. But yeah, I was, you know, what's, what's hard about being quote unquote obsessed. It's very dangerous to say that about Jodie Foster because we all know that someone wanted to shoot Ronald Reagan for Jodie Foster. And that's got to be the most fucked up thing that can possibly happen to you short of it happening to you personally. Yeah. Short of you being assassinated, someone like you don't know trying to assassinate someone on your behalf has got to be traumatic beyond belief. Yeah. So. We all know that what I mean is that I just, like you, I'm hearing, I just idolized her as an artist. I had a huge crush on her. So that also was happening. Yeah. Like, she's so special. A hundred percent. Tell me And more. I feel Tell like... You don't need to a, hear me say that. Tell no, me. but I, I agree. I like hearing it. You know, as a child, she was the first... I mean, she's the first female director I'd ever heard of. And I just was so inspired by, you know, the women she played were intelligent you know, I mean, she's she's gorgeous. So like she is beautiful, but her beauty is also her intellect and her, yeah. you know, she plays interesting, complicated women. And so like even as a kid, like Maverick and like Freaky Friday was like the entry yeah. point when I was a kid. Sure. And I just thought she was so neat. She wasn't yeah. necessarily who, you know, was being prescribed as like a, a woman or a girl, you know, like we're like yeah. movie star. She was something different. And then when yeah. I found out that she directed and produced I thought, oh, you can do more than one thing. And so like ever since I was, I don't know, eight, I was like, I'm going to do it, everything. I'm going to direct. So I'm going to act. I want to do all of it. Yeah. And I didn't know. I mean, as a 12 year old, you can't really like, pers- I mean, you can pursue directing. I didn't know you could. I didn't think like, oh, I'll, you know, get my mom's camcorder and make movies. Right. Whereas I think acting felt like a path as a child that like, okay, yeah. I can start acting. There's a lot less technology. <laughs> yes. There's a yes. lot less technology. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so that makes sense. Wait, so did you so you I assume that you saw Little Man Tate because that's yes. the first thing she ever directed. Yes. I could not have loved that movie more when I saw it. And yeah. I bought the soundtrack and like would just think about it, just find myself thinking about it. Soundtracks. I, like, I, I miss yeah. soundtracks. Like I feel like yeah. it used to be all my favorite movies. I'd have the soundtrack. Yeah, you'd be like, and then well, you... Obviously, I have to get the soundtrack. And now yeah. now when you go on Spotify, if you if you have Spotify, you can see like other people kind of curate the songs from a Yeah, but thing. sometimes it's missing some but of the ones. Yeah, because they're not, yeah, they're not. They're not in the right Spotify. order or you're not yep. forced to listen to them in the right mm-hmm. order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, lo- I love that movie. And on top of which, I remember like finding out that that was an example of like it just everything felt so. It just all felt very perfect to me. Like the fact that she mm. wanted to make a movie about, for those of you who don't know, about a, a sort of savant child who's very sensitive, mm-hmm. who's worrying about big world stuff that he can't, you know, kind of like the kid in What About Bob, where you're like, oh, no, you're already worried about what's going to happen to the world's garbage. like, <laughs> And that's a really big problem. And you're right. And most adults aren't thinking about that. Like, But you have to unbreak yourself or you're never going to stay alive through this world. 
And that's kind of what this little kid is like. And it was a kid who wasn't an actor. It was like an open call kid who I think maybe doesn't do that much acting now at all, if any. I mean, he shows up once in a rare while. He was in the ice storm. Another Mm. great movie. But yeah, so I I remember thinking like, yes, like check, perfect, perfect choice, perfect casting, perfect direction. Yeah. Photographs of her on set. It's just like magical, especially like yeah. the pictures of her with with the boy. You know, I don't yeah. know. There's just like a magic to it. And yeah, it, I like those photos are burned in my brain because as a kid, that's I was like, oh, one day, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, there's I mean, that the whole thing where people talk about that, you know, it doesn't it's not a guarantee if you were an actor that you're going to be a great director with actors in terms right. specifically. But you do hear about people who, you know, are just said to be wonderful with actors. And it's because they used to be actors and they just know how to create that connection and create that safe space. And mm. you know what I mean? And and respect without letting it get pushed too far. And yeah. Have you watched there's a master class with Jodie Foster? Like <gasps> no, the, I haven't. Yeah. You know, I've only Uh-oh. dipped my toe in it. What's oh, funny I is I, I watched the first few episodes and then I was like, I want to savor it. Like I don't want to yeah. run through yep. it. But then I stopped and I'm like, I gotta get back to it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. This I'd all recommend like something it. I would do. Yeah, I was like, I want to stretch it out. But then you're like, oh, I've stretched out for indefinitely because I'm not watching it. Yeah. Yep. I've so done that. Yeah. Right. I've so done that. It's a weird game you play with yourself where then you're like, I oh, know I almost am not never going to watch it. Yeah. Now it's I have so to start funny. over. Like, I feel like I have to <laughs> do it so from funny. the top again. Yeah. And you may end up doing it from the top. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Where am I? On Maximum Fun. What do you want? A podcast miniseries about The Prisoner. Whose side are you on? That would be telling, but okay, I'm on my own side. It's one of my favorite ever TV shows. We want a podcast on it. A Prisoner podcast. You won't get it. By hook or by crook, we will. Who are you? I'm Elliot Kalin. Who is number one? Jesse Thorne. But you are John Hodgman. I am not a prisoner podcaster. I am a free man. (laughs) Are you okay? Elliot, are you all right? Okay, I'll watch it. All four episodes of Be Potting You are out now. I want to get into this mash game because I want us to have plenty of time for it Yeah, because I'm very excited to hear the whys of some of these answers. I'm not going to like, you know, make you explain every single choice for every single category, <laughs> but obviously a good place to start would be three artists. They can be actors. They can be directors. They could be composers. They could be painters, mm. but three artists living or dead that you would love to collaborate with on something. And you don't even have to know what that something is yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. <sighs> Okay, well, Jodie Foster, easy, gimme. Lily Tomlin. In high school, I put on Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. Like, I was obsessed with it and and did a production, and I I think she's so incredible. Yes. The other person who popped in my head, Anthony Minghella, who... Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, the director. Yeah. Love his work, and I was so sad when he passed and wish I would have had the chance to meet him collaborate with him or just watch more movies from him yes okay yeah. well this is exactly what this alternate universe is for so i'm very glad you're using it very wisely so far <laughs> i want to next you get to and i know it's hard work 
I know it's hard work, mm. but you do get to shadow three directors as they make films in their career that are exist. So am I picking the film too? Mm-hmm. So oh. you're like, I'm going to shadow, you know, oh. Ron Howard okay. as he's making blah, 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 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. This is, this is so much pressure. Uh, uh, <laughs> Alfred, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock. Right. Fun fact, my husband and I met at USC in the Hitchcock class. So Hitchcock oh, holds a special cool. place for me. So maybe very I'd watch cool. Rope, which is oh. all famously like one take or it's, yeah. I mean, there's, they have to change out the film, but it would be Oof. fun to see that. That's very much like a play though. So maybe I'm wasting my Hitchcock, but whatever. So we've got Alfred Hitchcock. Great. Love it. Now I'm just thinking of my favorite movies, but do I really want to watch that or something? Well, let me tell you this. I'm going to give you a spoiler, which is that you're also going to have a category of where you can jump into a movie. And that's sort of a break Mm. for you. That's like you're just in that world. That's like a vacation because you're just in that world with the characters loving it whenever you want. So that is not... That's not the uh, being on the the. Okay, real this is life like end. I just want to observe this. It, it could be out this of is, my. Yeah, this is like you're shadowing. You're learning how to be a director. You're yeah. getting the opportunity to see how these people work. Oh, I've got two. I got okay, that. You've got me. Although one of them, I don't know who directed it, but the movie Ooh, came. We'll, have, we'll find out together. Yeah, we should find out. Well, Google. Do you want to Google or should I? Either way, you want Google? Okay, you know I'll Google. The movie, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't read my mind. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Janet? One of the other most important movies of my childhood is Mary Poppins. Great. And I feel like okay, Robert Stevenson directed Mary Poppins. Okay. And just the inventiveness of it, it would yeah. be so exciting, especially in that time, the original Mary Poppins when they yes. made it. That would be fascinating to see how they did it. Yes. And then. Ang Lee's Sense and Sensibility. Oh, my friend. I am right there with you. <laughs> oh, I'm so gonna good. T- I'm, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be shadowing Ang as a director. I'm shadowing Emma as the screenwriter and oh my actress. God. She so is incredible. We're, getting, we're seeing it all work together and we get to shadow. We'll be like behind e- each of their backs, like waving to each other as we see those conversations happening between Ang. Let's go. doesn't speak that well, of that great of English. I can say that's I, right. I, I myself can't speak it, obviously. <laughs> I love everything I'm hearing. This but Emma story. will translate for it. Have you watched the behind oh. the scenes featurette of that movie? No, I haven't. I just read the her diary that she kept. The, so the diary is great. On the the DVD, I'm a big DVD Blu-ray fan. I have it. I have it. I've just never bothered watching any oh, of the extras. They're great. Watch some of the extras. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is great. Okay. Oh, so And now we'll do the three movies you can jump into. You know, no, let's take a break. We're going to take yeah. a break from movies for a second. <laughs> We'll come back to that category. Wonderful. Give me three foods that in this reality maybe mm. aren't great for you. You don't want to have too much of because it'll make you feel sick or it's not great for the planet, whatever. In this alternate universe, those things have been resolved, whether it's meat that's not meat or whatever. Yeah. You can have it. It's not the only thing you're eating. You can have as much of you want whenever. Snap of your fingers. Three. Okay. I'm going to do pesto pasta, like maybe a fettuccine pesto. Right. I'm going to do a Baskin Robbins ice cream cake, probably mint chip. <gasps> Yeah, that is my birthday cake of childhood. Yes, I do have a sweet tooth, so I'm gonna go my grandma's cheesecake as well. Oh, great! Okay, awesome. All right, all due respect to your wonderful partner, I am gonna need three romantic interests. They can be characters from things. They can be people living or dead. You can pick the age that you want that person and extract them from history, and they will be all yours. Three, yes. Romance and sex. I've been times. thinking about these, preparing. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> but that makes it sound like I should have good answers for it. So forget I said that. But I, because I've been in the like teenage, you know, memory space yeah. as a teenager, 
Joseph Fiennes in the year that he did Shakespeare in Love yes. and Elizabeth. Yes. That era, Joseph Fiennes. Yes. From a cartoon. Right. The character of Dimitri and Anastasia, voiced by yes. John Cusack. Very attractive. I gotta be honest with you. He just came up. This Dimitri is an interesting. As well? He just came up in a, yeah, in another mash. Like, yeah. For the first so time that I can remember. I think it might have been the first time. So this is a weird collective contrast. Interesting. Thing. He's he's uh, dreamy. He's dreamy. Yeah. And then a third one. Hmm. See, I said I had thought about these and now yeah. I'm blanking on my third choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time, I'm yeah. sure. I know. It's a lot of Not pressure. Not just to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with, in Bridget Jones's diary, the Colin Firth character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next category, let's do three places in the world you would like to have a second home. We're going to be able to teleport you there so you don't have to worry about the travel. Okay, the Cinque Terre in Italy. Great. How about a, a flat in London? Right. Hmm, what's my third place? I'm not a beach person. I don't like sand. So despite the Cinque Terre, the sand, sand is out. Oh, well, you know what? Now I'm saying sand. Palm Springs. Palm Springs is like, I got married in Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. But not barefoot. I'm not in the sand. Uh-huh. No one's going to make you go barefoot. No one's going to make you go barefoot. All right. Let's do the three movies that you can jump into and just be there for however oh. long you want. I like I live in the movie. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, you, like when I you live in the in, world of the movie. Exactly right. OK, you're not reliving the plot. You're not a character in the movie. It's just like this world exists. Sure. Whether or Ooh. not the movie's happening, this world is, is here for me to access and, and just well, movies get all that over just me. popped into my head everyone says I love you, which is a Woody Allen musical. Mm-hmm. Actually, I feel like that version of New York and like Ed Norton dancing. I don't know. It's ridiculous that. and lovely. It was kind fun. of, was it like La La Land before La La Land? Kind of, kind of. And I mean, I don't want to give any credit to Woody right. Allen at this point. I'm very <laughs> yeah, it's angry controversial with him, to bring so. up a Woody Allen movie. So I, I, once again, it's like things from my childhood that mean something, but also understood. Understood. Now. But, but like, I would that's say the experience you had with those out. You're thinking about the actors. First of all, you're thinking about the yes. story. You're thinking about the, the way it made you feel. There are a lot of collaborators outside yeah. of that. And like the, the magic yes. of that yeah. movie. I love. Got it. OK, let's see. I feel like I want to do a period film. I mean, maybe I'm trying to like what's an epic because oftentimes a period film could be really dark and bad. Like yeah. things may go awry. So you right. don't want to yeah. go. I mean, you're in a safety bubble. So don't you worry about things taking a horrible turn. Like you pick something sure. knowing the plague is on the way. Oh, fair um, so you'll be frozen in safe, safe time, so to speak. But you yes. know, Shakespeare and love came up earlier. Oh, like sure. that's like a yeah. lovely, you know, theatrical, you yes. know, sort of fun, fun Great. world. And then let's see. I mean, I keep thinking about when Harry met Sally. I almost picked Harry for my third, but he, he would be a little difficult as a love interest. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's great, he's but then the he's ass. also annoying. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I'll pick the world <laughs> no, of, great. I'd love to Absolutely. sit in that film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Second to last category. Let us do three alternate universe careers. Mm. Okay. You don't have, you're not, I'm not committing you to it forever, but you get to sort of this isn't try legally it on. binding on the podcast? It is not oh, okay. legally I mean, this is happening, but I'm <laughs> yes. just letting you know you're not, I'm not binding you to it. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say a, like a baker or a pastry chef. Mm-hmm. Great. Travel writer. That way I can travel a lot in this world. Fuck yeah. And maybe, you know, I love working with kids. I like read to kids once a week and like, I, it's just like something that feeds me. So like yeah. an elementary school teacher. Oh, sure. 
All right. And then last one, three. I mean, listen, you brought up history and stuff. You sort of being interested in these period pieces mm. and stuff. So I'm going to put you in a safety bubble and let you visit a moment in time in history. And that could be that mm. you're seeing an actual moment that's very famous. It could be a tiny moment that only Ooh. means something to you. It could be just an era that you're interested in looking at. You're in that safety bubble, so you're not going to nothing bad is going to happen to you. But you get to look backwards and actually see something with your own eyes. Oh, Wow. There's a lot, a lot of historical important places and times and places to be. I mean, when I was first thinking that like what what would be pleasant, like post-World War II baby boom, like like Mm -hmm. that moment of celebration and like the world felt like it was over, but now it's back. So like not during World War II, that's hard. No, that totally makes sense. Right after is interesting. Yes. But then, I mean, I guess if I can pick anything, like- the time of Jesus, like that, not to be religious about it, but like, yeah. I want to see what actually happened. What was happening? It might Absolutely. be nice to, to be around for that. Yes. Great. And then I'll say the, the revolution, like the American revolution would be fascinating. Right. Love it. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Give me a word that sort of helps describe your feelings about your daughter. Oh, I mean, it's funny. I went, ah, and then I thought, ah, like to have awe over her. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Done. Constantly surprised and amazed. Yeah. Great. Okay. This is the opportunity to, I would love for you to talk about the movie and anything else you would like people to check out, follow you, anything like that. This is your opportunity to vamp it up while I construct this 100% Yes, (laughs) legally binding MASH alternate universe. Wonderful. Well, the movie that we officially met on is called See You Next Christmas, although it was officially, it was previously titled What Are You Doing New Year's? But now Mm -hmm. officially See You Next Christmas. It's available on Peacock, Amazon, Vudu, Tubi, all sorts of names of things, Sony, whatever. (laughs) Uh, You can find it if you Google See You Next Christmas, See You Next Christmas movie. You can find us also by that name on Instagram. And let's see what else. My name, Christine Weatherup. You can find me on Instagram. I can keep talking. I have a long name, so that took a little while. <laughs> you could talk more about all the pets who may or may not have had mm. the play on Weatherup. Uh, yeah, you know, Added only <laughs> only Sunny Weatherup was the only one that played on it. We did uh, have two hamsters, Sniffy. That's kind of a lame name. We were young. Sniffy. Uh, but Sherlock. And both of them were named oh, because very fun. when you bring home the hamster, like they have the little holes in the boxes. And so their yeah. little noses are like, you know, outside sure. it. And so Sniffy and Sherlock, you know, Sherlock's the like more intelligent version of Sniffy. Is. More investigative. More investigative. <laughs> yes, yes. Understood. Understood. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, that brings us to your MASH results. I feel great about them. I hope you'll feel the same. <laughs> There's a lot going on here, a lot of really different stuff happening. You are going to never be bored. I promise you that right now. Mm. I don't want to say you got most of the stuff I would have wanted you to get, but I do feel like you got most of the stuff I would have wanted you to get. I'm going to go ahead and start with the fact that you can jump whenever you want into When Harry Met Sally, which gives you kind Uh. of almost like wishing for more wishes because you get like through the years of that movie, you get the Mm -hmm. different seasons in New York and you get the sort of different eras of like what's popular. So that's a big win. Carrie Fisher as a best friend and Bruno Kirby. Carrie Fisher, oh. give me a break. Wagon yeah. Wheel Coffee Table, you oh, get that. Love that scene. So <laughs> really, really great. Super excited you got that. I also want to congratulate you on a bit of a different turn. If you want to jump in 
to see the U.S. Revolution, uh, the American <laughs> Revolution happening, get some sense Just of what was going on after. there. I can see the the you know where the wagon wheel coffee table came uh-huh. from. You know that period. <laughs> I think that is what drove me over to that right after I finished talking about it. So uh, pretty extraordinary there, but. What's very cool is you're going to be able to tell your kids that you teach about your firsthand experience of the American Revolution. How yes. many classes can say that? What about an their exciting teacher? class that so would be. That is extremely <laughs> cool. You also have a beautiful house in Palm Springs. Oh. Head over there whenever you like, not barefoot. You have unlimited access and enjoyment of your grandma's cheesecake. Oh, which is fantastic. I feel like Colin Firth's character in Bridget Jones's Diary is going to really treasure that cheesecake for what it means to you and for how delicious it is. He's Definitely. a sensitive, thoughtful person. But in a quiet, very sexy, but understated way. Yes. Very British. Yes. Yeah. And you might think he's mad at you sometimes, and he's not. He's not mad at you. You're just misinterpreting his quiet He's British. charmed yeah. by my craziness. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, who else is going to be charmed is the following two people I'm about to tell you about that you're going to be collaborating with. I want to congratulate you for being able to shadow the great Ang Lee and oh. his filming of Sense and Sensibility. Cannot wait to see you there. Uh, yeah, we're going to be there together. It's going to be fantastic. And <gasps> very excited about your collaboration. With Jody Foster. Oh, I knew it was Jody. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> what well, gave it away? The fact that I said I got you got all of my favorite things. <laughs> Maybe gave a hint. <laughs> yeah, this is a hot off the presses, extremely good mash. I feel real great about it. And it couldn't happen to a better person. You know, mash usually doesn't end that well, just from my own previous experience. Yeah. I want a mash of love. I want to bring you a mash yeah. that's nothing but love. And Christine, thank you so much. And I can't, I'm like, I hope we get to work together. I would love to uh, be directed by you in the future. I that would was love such that a as wonderful well. experience. And I'm glad we made this happen. And I really hope everyone checks out the film and keeps abreast of the wonderful things that this artist that we are talking to right now is up to. Oh, thank Aww. you so much. Ah, my word. Ah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember when we could save kittens from trees or lunch on skyscrapers, bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported